Welcome to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast, World Headquarters, Wellston, Oklahoma. The Butcher Turn Pitmaster, your host, David Bosca. This podcast is going to be one-dimensional, and what I mean by that is I'm going to be the only one talking. So there might be some pauses, there might be some oops and owls, but it's just going to be what it's going to be. I made a post on Facebook, oh, a week or so back that I was going to do a test cook with one of my new items and blend it for my competition style. And I'd give the feedback here. So in along with that, I decided I'm also going to do just a little bit of talking about what I do in the off season to get ready for comp cooking. I did a little podcast a while back on that, but I thought I'd touch on a few highlights, um, kind of refresh it. And there's been so many new people coming into the comp world that this might assist them in, in getting a little bit of how I operate and it might help them just a little bit. So let's just start with that. Let's just pretend the last contest of the year is over with and I'm ready to start thinking for the next contest and it might be two or three months down the road before I do another one. So what I'm going to do in the off season is first off is I'm going to take some time off. I'm just like anybody else. I get tired of doing the hard nonstop day in day out grind of competition cooking. So I take a little time off and then I kind of, I get re-inspired in that time. Like this last winter, I cooked the big KCBS Invitational down in Shawnee, Oklahoma. And then I drug my trailer home and I probably didn't open the doors for two weeks after getting home and getting it cleaned out. And when I say cleaned out, I just mean ice chest empty, things like that. So I went back into the trailer and I looked around and I thought, dang, you left a mess. So I just start as close as I can to pretending it's a comp week. And I just start in the back of the trailer and I start cleaning. I start with the smokers and I'll clean them out to a point. Um, and everybody knows I'm a pellet cooker. So I, I get all that cleaned out. I go into the counters, clean all that out. And then I, I literally, I just, I clean walls. I clean ceilings. And this year, once a year, I actually go into the smokers and I scrape them down. I clean them down, not to raw strain, uh, stainless, but I do take some cleaners and, and I clean it down to where it's an amber color. Um, just get all the, the pellet dust and the grease and everything out of them as much as I can. I don't normally do that in between contest. I just kind of clean the grates off each time, clean the fire pots out, um, scrape what I can scrape, but I don't clean it hard with a lot of elbow grease. So in the wintertime, I do go through that. Then I go through the trailer and I do the same thing. The attic, the walls, you know, things get spilt, things get splashed. Just any and everything can happen. Um, mop the floors extremely good. Get that all cleaned up. Then I just do maintenance on the trailer. I start with the axles. I'll, I'll grease the axles. Sometimes we'll bust them open and, and repack bearings. Just everything that's needed so that the trailer rides smooth. We don't have blowouts on it. Um, if you ever lost a, a bearing in a trailer going down the road and you're 600 miles from anywhere, you'll understand how important maintenance is on a trailer. So take care of your tools. And the trailer itself is a tool to me. And we're not rich folks, so I need to take care of my trailer because the wife's not going to let me get another one just any time I want. 
But back to comp cooking, I, I kind of study the results I got the year before. And I don't feel that my cooking procedure is that far off. Sometimes my flavors may be varying or changing, um, missing the mark. And in all honesty, a lot of it's me. Um, in personal life, I've, I've lost a lot of weight. My taste buds change. I don't get salt. Um, I pick up salt a lot more right now. Um, I don't pick up sweet stuff as much. So I think my taste changed. So I slowly change the things that we're cooking to my likings. And that's probably the worst thing I could do because I'm not cooking for me. I'm cooking for judges, regardless as to if I like it or not. Cause there's some of the food I've cooked in the past that I didn't like, but the judges liked it every week. So that's what I was there cooking for. I wasn't there trying to get the, the good Samaritan award. I was trying to get first place. So that's something to keep in mind when you're cooking. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean the judges won't like it. And I mean that to heart. Really, really be honest with yourself. If the process is good as far as your cooking method, your time, your temperature, the meat comes out moist, it's not hard and gritty or leathery, pardon me, leathery across the surface, then your process is good. And then once you get your process really good, then you can start working on recipes as far as flavor, not recipes as far as cook process. I, I've, I can't say I've had a problem with the turn-in boxes. I, I've always liked our boxes and, and they generally hit really good with appearance. So this last year after the big KCBS Invitational, I kind of used the Invitational as a slight test cook on my chicken. I didn't think my chicken was was off any, but I did want to start trying a process of cooking with less butter bath. I I am a butter bath cooker from start to finish. And I I'm slowly taking a step of that backwards and going back to what it was. I'm a big note taker. And so I went back to the notes from the first or second year we competed back in 2006 or seven. And I I've been putting that process into this process I got now. And I am going to try a little bit less butter bath on my cook. And I really like the way it's been working, but I'd say the biggest change that I'm going to do is, is with my pork butt. I tested with it a few times last year, and I really like the flavor profile I'm getting simply because pork butts are so thick in a pellet cooker, it's extremely hard to get flavor inside that muscle or that meat. There's just, it's just so dense and there's not enough surface texture to get a lot of flavors. So I have all, I'm not going to say completely, but I'll say 95% of my cook method has changed for my pork butt going into this year. So that's going to be the biggest change. And I did three contests last year playing with a few different steps on this and I'll, Hey, I'll throw it out there. I'll tell you, I I've, I've started butterflying the pork butt open and starting it on a drum. 
Yeah, that's right. A drum that burns charcoal and wood, not pellets. I'm sorry to say pellet heads, but I have taken that one item away from pellets and given it to the charcoal world. But I really have, I will let's say, I think to be competitive, I really feel that's where I need to be with this um, one meat. Now, that, that being said, what made me do that change, and that was probably a solid year of getting zero calls in pork. And I felt by studying and watching the score sheets, the folks that were in the top 10, 15, top five, I looked at what they were cooking on. I know their process couldn't have been earth shattering. Um, it's a pork butt, it's heat, and it's spices and sauce. So I know I'm not getting out meated. And what I mean by that was I was buying the same quality of meat going in as they were. But I do feel with their method of cooking that they were taking two steps ahead of me. And that's being honest. I've always said you got to be honest with yourself. And being honest with myself, I felt like I was lacking flavors from the cooker that imparts into the meat. Just like eight, 10 years ago, I was dead hard on um, feeling like I had to mimic what the jambo world was throwing out there. And those folks cook tremendous food. And so I was trying to mimic what they were doing whenever I got off base with my pellets and I was adding, how can I say this? Imitation flavors. It was flavors after I was cooked to try to mimic that. And I got way off of base. I felt like I was not cooking true to heart barbecue. And I went back to simple cooking and we started hitting again. So I think this year, the biggest change will be the pork butts. Um, my method of cooking has changed. The timing is going to be pretty basic. Um, just a couple hours, hour and a half on the drum. And then I'll finish them after I wrap, I'll finish them in the FE simply because I got a better control temp on them in the FE. And I do understand the time it takes to finish easier. So I am going to impart the, the FE on that, which, you know, let's be real. There's not going to be any smoke pass through that aluminum foil. But the reason for this podcast was to kind of go over more of a test cook I did this last weekend. About a month ago I released a new product and we are we were we are so excited about our new injection. It's a Montreal style injection. Folks, if you have not tried it, I'm absolutely telling you this injection is so full flavored. It is exactly what you get when you eat Montreal steak seasoning. Um, you put it on the outside, you get that garlic, you get the black pepper and it's all there. I mean, I love this injection. I test cooked with it in competition for about the last year and a half. I played with it in my chicken, in my ribs and on occasion on the pork, but because like I said a while ago, I thought I was lacking flavor on the pork. So I started using it on the pork. Okay. Fast forward this last weekend. I don't know why I never thought of putting it on my brisket in competition. Sorry, in my brisket for competition. 
I test cooked at the house. We've done steak. We've done, I've marinated with it. I've injected with it. We've done pork, pork chops, pork loins, chicken, whole chicken, chicken breast, uh, ribeye steaks. I've done a chuck roast. I did different things, but I never did a full-blown competition brisket. A couple friends of mine said that they cooked with it and injected tri-tip. They absolutely loved it and says, oh my God, folks, that is great. And light went off in my head and I went, ding. I, I was so one track minded on this that I never thought of competition brisket. So I decided I got to try it. All right. So what I did was I took my original brisket injection and the Montreal brisket injection. I split it 50-50. I normally use three quarters of a cup of brisket injection to 16 ounces of water. So I took a one, in our canisters is a scoop. So I use three scoops. That's three quarters of a cup. So I took one and a half scoops of the injection of the brisket injection. I took one and a half scoops of the Montreal and I put it to 16 ounces of water. That was my first mistake. I was not thinking properly. My Montreal injection is so stout. We have the ratio set up to use only half a cup. So I put a half a scoop too much. And I didn't think of that till after it was injected. And I thought, well, I'm not going to throw the brisket in the trash. So I just, I had to continue with the, um, test and that's what I did, but okay, let, let's take a half a step back. I injected the brisket. I did everything normal. I, I injected it on Friday. I did it Friday evening versus Friday at noon when I normally do a competition injection. But I was starting my cook on Saturday a lot later. I had a family funeral service to go to. So I wasn't going to even start cooking till one o'clock when I got back. So I, I injected that evening. I put rub on it. I went out at six o'clock in the morning. I applied my rub, same rub I always use. I did my grilling addiction and my premium rub. That went right on the brisket. I put that on the uh, point. I, I don't inject the point, never have. So I just put the rub on that and didn't think much of it. Put it in the fridge and it sat. I cooked the same as I always do. If you've seen me out at a contest, I start my flat on my PG 500, which is a pellet grill. It's made by cook shack. And I love the airflow in that because it does mimic an offset cooker. The air comes from the top of that brisket when it's on the grate and the air flows from underneath it to the outlet. So it literally, the smoke passes, passes through the, on the top of the meat. It starts that rub, uh, caramelizing, everything hits the top and it doesn't have a side view airflow. Everything's straight from the top. I did it identical to a comp. We pulled it, we wrapped it. I wrapped with the same thing. I always wrap every contest. And I've done that for many, many years, six, eight years. Uh, nothing's changed. We pulled it 
this again was another, I, I'm not going to say it's an exact thing as to what we do in comp, but just due to circumstances, I had to change something. It finished cooking about 6.30 that evening. That's that's pretty normal time, 1 to 6.30. You know, five and a half hours, six hours, according to the size of the meat and ambient temp. Times change um, in cooking. But this came off about the perfect time at 6.30. Wilma and I, my wife, my wife and I, we were at the trailer when it came off, and I wanted to test cook. I mean, test slice and eat it. Did not let it rest because... We had a bunch of our kids and a bunch of our grandkids coming over. They had made six or eight homemade pizzas, and we were all going to eat pizza that night with the family. But I did want to taste this brisket as if it was hot and fresh. So I did. We tried it. Sliced it almost immediately after coming off the the smoker. It was a little strong. And what I mean by strong was... Uh, one-dimensional and one-dimensional being all I tasted was the Montreal injection and I didn't put my finger on it at first and I couldn't figure it out so I I really studied it and I thought about it I thought it was good don't get me wrong oh it was so full flavored but it was too much one-way Montreal you know what I mean? It was, that's, that's almost all that I tasted and Wilma the same way. That's about all she tasted. All right. We wrapped it up. I went, carried it in the meat shop, put it in a, uh, the big refrigerator and that was it. The next day we pulled it out. I reheated it and we actually had it for supper that night and all the kids come back over and we had a bunch of sides and eating it. I thought this is so much better. It wasn't overpowering. It wasn't so strong with the garlic, the black pepper, all, all that. And I asked the kids about it, and they loved it. They absolutely loved it. And after they left that evening, I asked Wilma about it, and she said, is that the same? And I said, yeah. She says, well, what would you do with it? She says, because it wasn't what it was last night. And I said, I didn't think so either. So maybe tasting it when it first come out of the smoker is what gave me that little off, not off flavor, the, the strong flavor. So I definitely need to run another test before a competition. Um, if I want to roll that recipe in a competition, but I don't know if it was due to my miscalculations on the amount of injection or eating it immediately. Um, because if I would have done the calculations on the injections properly, I should have used only one scoop instead of one and a half, which you might think, well, just a half a scoop, but that's three quarters of a full dosage versus only half. So that is a lot more flavoring in it. And then not letting it set. That just means the injection, I'm sorry, the brisket didn't rest it didn't allow the juices to flow back through to settle there's a lot of scenarios that you can go through and throw out there and not be sure about so what i want to take out of this is i won't say that the test cook was an a failure i won't say it was or wasn't um the old um 
Thomas Edison thing about building a light bulb. I, I might have found just one way of not doing it. So there's not not going to say it's a bad deal that I did, but I learned something from it. Um, so what do I take out of test cooking is I look at all scenarios and, and I'm honest with myself when I do this. And that's the reason I'm going over this in quite detail with you. I want you to, when you do a test cook, look at every possible scenario and the smallest little change will make an outcome change on the, on the finished product. I think that the injection will be good in a brisket. Absolutely. I just need to tone it down a little bit, but in turn, that flavor might not work with my wrap. So I will have to do some other testing that the wrap or the rub might be too much or not enough to go with it. Maybe I need to step up my rub and try to get a little bit more rub flavoring to go along with it so that it does equal out. It may not be anything to do with the injection. It may have everything to do with that. Maybe I need to apply a little bit of finishing rub on it whenever I'm done to before I turn it in. Maybe I need to apply just a light coat of my actual rub back on the brisket just before I pull it off of the smoker anyway and let that rest and and maybe 30, 45 minutes before I wrap it, apply a little bit of rub to give it an outside surface texture flavor. So... I'm sure there's things like that that needs to come into play. Sorry, folks, if there was a pause there, I had a phone call come in and I had to snag it. Um, you know, as a restaurant needing rubs and I've, I've got to take care of that. Anyway, back to what I was saying or thinking. Um, so it's not that it's a wrong thing or a bad item to uh, put in an application for the competition. I just don't have enough test cooking under my belt to say how to use it properly. Maybe your method will be phenomenal with it. Your rub combination might be phenomenal with it. But but like I said, if you haven't tried the Montreal, I'm just going to give you a heads up. You need to. That stuff is amazing. We just have to together figure out what is the best application for competition brisket cooking. All right. I know that's it. That's short, sweet. Um, if I get any updates on this, if I get anything else I want to add to it, I'll throw it on. We may do another quick podcast, but that's kind of the things that I looked at this last weekend doing my test cook. I didn't think it was earth shattering, but there definitely was positive notes. And the best positive note was it had flavor. And that was it was a one-sided flavor but it definitely had great flavor. So that's all I got to say about the, the test cook folks. This is going to be a little short, sweet one. I appreciate you listening and let's do another podcast soon. Smash that subscribe button and be ready for butcher's next podcast.